hello, everybody. Welcome to What's the Point podcast. I'm so excited today to have a special panel of guests with us. Um, my name is Lawrence Yu. I'm the lead pastor at Waypoint Church. I am uh, Nate Clendenin, and uh, I'm trained as a photojournalist, and my career has evolved more into just a general storyteller. And it's a lot of times on video and photo, and uh, I do a lot of work in the marketing realm as well. And I am Grace Childry. I've been an ESL teacher with Durham Public Schools and member of Waypoint for the past four years. But on the side, I do um, a lot of visual art with drawing and painting and more recently starting to get into graphic design. Uh, and I'm Nathan Walker. I am the worship leader at Waypoint Church. Uh, I've been at Waypoint since we started. Uh, I don't remember how many years ago that was. Um, five? Five or six? Um, and uh, for so that's a part-time job for me, and I also work full-time as a, a data scientist. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for being here. Honestly, um, when I started thinking about this topic of art and theology and started to thinking about the the intersection between art and our Christian life and our faith and our calling and glorifying God in it. I just decided I want to find the most artistic people I know. So you guys were like the ones that came to mind. So thank you guys so much for being here. You guys are the people that like have a skill set that's like beyond me. Like I can't even comprehend what it's like to be artistic. Um, my best visual art skills are about stick figures and musically I can maybe kind of keep a beat, but that's on a good day. So you guys all possess talents and skills that are kind of foreign to me, but I love it. I thank you guys so much for how artistic you are and how you use your gifts in the kingdom and at Waypoint Church. So I want to come in, guys, and just ask you a few questions, uh, really talk about this intersection of what is art and how does it glorify God and where it fits in with our Christian practical living and um, the beauty of that intersection. So my first question I just want to pose to ask you guys is, how do you define what art is? What is art? And, and follow up to that question, what is, what is Christian art? You know, is there a difference? Should there be a difference? Is there a difference? So what is art to begin with? Uh, I took a an art philosophy class. It was actually the very first class I ever took in college. Uh, it was an 8 a.m. class. Um, so it was hard to wake up for. Oh, that's a so lot. I don't remember too much from it. Uh, but the main thing I remember from it is that it said that art is very difficult to define, um, but I think that just broadly speaking, uh, to answer at least that part of the question, um, art is just a way that you can express yourself, and um, oftentimes it's done in ways that are typically we we usually mean something that you know pleases the senses, right? So um, good. music or painting or video, that sort of thing. Um, so that, that's my that's my short answer to what is art. That's a good answer. Is there then a difference between art and Christian art, or should there be? I could try to answer that one. Go for it. Um, so, um, and again, some of this is very much just my opinion, but um, I think that as Christians, uh, we should be creating art um, and. At the same time, we shouldn't just outright reject um, non-Christians who are creating art, obviously. Um, and so, uh, I believe that because we have uh, the Spirit of God in us, we um, have kind of like a, a revelation of, of truth. Um, and so, 
uh, to that end, you know, art that we create um, can can maybe change or move people in ways that is different. Um, so, so I think that Christian art um, kind of um, falls under that realm of um, pl- being pleasing to God and and also um, just um, lining up with kind of what God's called you to do. That's good. Nate, Nathan said a point here about um, kind of art is a way to 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 kind of express and to 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 reveal something about God. And what, what the question I want to ask is, why is it important for art to exist? Why 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 should art? Why is art necessary for human flourishing? Mm. I, I mean, I think to me, defining art or talking about its 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 usefulness is related to the, the fact that it gets at something that goes beyond words. It, it, it expresses um, a point that can't be had um, by just simply, you know, writing down an argument or a set of points. Um, and I say beyond words, you know, poetry is words, but it's constructed in a way that makes you feel something and, and expresses something bigger than the words themselves. Uh, so I think that's why um, when we're talking about truths, ultimate truths about God and about reality and about all of these things, we need art to get at, uh, you know, the ultimate truths because the words on the page are simply just not enough. Um, and it's there's art in the Bible. You know, when we read uh, a psalm or we read uh, parts of Genesis, you know, uh, there's when we realize that it's art, well, then we can see that it is getting at something bigger and, and leading us to ultimate to try to get our finite minds are trying to make sense of something infinite basically. And we need art to help us do that. So you're saying that art helps us express in a manner of speaking, the all, all kind of ultimate universal truths about God. How does that, how does art kind of do that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it expresses universal truth, but not in a way that you can argue, I guess. Um, it, it hits you. It's kind of hits us in the language of the heart, which is mm. something that's not, um, it's not purely rational. It's not irrational, but it's, it's, it's more than that. that it's almost sense. like in the human experience, right? Something that it expresses something that the heart feels and longs for. That's kind of universal in the human experience, but it expresses it in a manner that, you know, that we can see or feel or touch or hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it just somehow is able to express a truth that we don't even know logically we're expressing. Yeah. yeah. Very good. So do you feel then, um, Grace, as Christians, do we have even more reason to prioritize the arts in our lives than maybe non-Christians would? Yeah, absolutely. And I think like both Nathan, both Nathan's kind of touched on, um, I think art is a very unique way to communicate things um, that it's kind of like, so for example, with visual arts, um, you have to, when you're creating something, you have to look at an object or nature or something in a different way to kind of notice the, all the details, like the lines, the shapes, the shadows and things that you normally wouldn't take notice of um, just in everyday life. Um, but in noticing those things, you kind of take all that together um, to create something um, beautiful. And I think as Christians, our life should be about glorifying God in our relationship with him 
and our relationship with him is that he is our creator. And if we're trying to reflect him and his character, then creating things um, should be a huge part of that. And that comes Mm. in with how we see things, how we hear things, and then taking um, what we see and hear in creation um, and then putting our own creative gifts into that to create something new that others um, can see and then um, hopefully experience God through that, whether it's directly Christian art or not. Um, so yeah, I would say it's even even more important for us as Christians to be in the art since it is about communicating things that we might not um, be able to say or interpret in just the standard level. That's good. I heard you say something like, as a Christian, a relationship between God foremost, and then we want to resemble and be like God, who actually is an artist. You know, if you look at the creation, look at the world, even in the book of Job, he talked about his artistic heart, his artistic nature. And so when you we are creating art, we're actually resembling and copying the God who is the main artist. So we're kind of showing off, look at what look at what our dad does, right? Look at what our father yeah. does, look at what our God does. Is what we, we that's what we're doing when we're creating art. I love that. That's a beautiful way of putting that grace yeah and i also just think it's so cool that like god gave us the gift of art and music and Mm. um you know all these other avenues like when that could have completely been left out of the world but he chose like in his creation like no i'm gonna put this in here and i'm gonna put millions of different ways that this can be expressed like there's not just one um genre of music there's not just one kind of painting or what have you but I don't know. I think it's cool that he was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to include this for you guys. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, I feel like that fits perfectly because we have a God who gives us good gifts. You know, he doesn't say just, he could have just been like sustenance living, you know, like, but he gave us art. He gave us beautiful. And actually that brings me to this question in America. I feel like the Protestant church is sometimes characterized by kind of being more pragmatic and practical. Right, uh, we often use a business model when we talk about evangelism. We we often bring business ideas into the church and how we structure a church. How can we instead think about art in the church and use creative gifts in the church uh, to pr- present a, a fuller picture or a different picture of spiritual life and practice? Mm. Yeah, I had some some thoughts um, related to that. It, it kind of related also to the idea of Christian art in that um, I feel like. I feel like Christian art, the term, I think is maybe standing the place for people who are afraid of art and what it might be, what it might be communicating, might be challenging them in a certain way. And I feel like I fear that the the term Christian art has kind of meant like, oh, this is safe. Like it's approved. Um, If you look at like kind of contemporary uh, CCM music, Mm -hmm. that, you know, okay, I can listen to that. That's not the devil's music. Um, And, and it, it it really takes the edge off it off of it because I think a lot of artists are um, would be in the realm of like prophets in terms of like showing us things the way that they are mm. you know and, and like somebody told me once and I thought it was really true a lot of our modern day prophets are comedians you know they're they're telling us things how how they really are and we're sitting there laughing about it but we're like oh that's so true you know mm-hmm. um, and uh, so. I don't like the term Christian art because I don't want, I think if, if the art isn't challenging you, then it's, what is it doing? You know, not that that's part of a, the definition of art, but I think that's one role that art plays is, is kind of encouraging us and challenging us like a prophet mm. would. 
Um, That's good. So, I love that idea of profit and comedians. I feel, I feel like profit in music and yeah. You know, I think of like Dylan or I think of Kendrick Lamar nowadays or something like yeah. that. I think of profits in music, profits in com- comedy. Yeah. Well, with that point or that question, I want to, I guess, kind of caveat before we go back to the other question is can art then be God glorifying without being blatantly Christian? Are you asking Nathan, Nathan? I'll ask anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, yeah, I think that um, absolutely art can glorify God, even if you don't know God yet. Um, uh, I think that it's, it's built in us. Um, it's built in us to create, to um, design, to to be like a creator, to be like this beautiful artist. Um, we are all made in God's image. Mm-hmm. So, as image carriers of God, we we go forth and we create, and everything we create is just pales in comparison of what He creates. Um, but it still um, can glorify Him. Um, it can still bring Him glory. I think oftentimes, a lot of what artists. Uh, I think of like writers in this way. I think C.S. Lewis talked about how um, a lot of these great myths and everything is just pointing back to this one great unified story. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times in art, there's this yearning. And and um, my wife, Katie, often talks about how um, there's some artists she loves and, and she hears the things that they're reaching out for, they're crying out mm. for in their songs. Um, and, the, and the answer is just Jesus, mm. but maybe they don't know that yet. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of my perspective on, um, non-Christians, um, glorifying God in art. Mm -hmm. Jumping back a little bit to your original question about, you know, arts and ministry. And I think that a lot of times when we put, um, just talking about like the Christian movie, uh, genre, perhaps, I think that when we put a business mind on it and we say like, this has to achieve this result, it it puts, I think, a different burden on the art and makes it, it compromises it. And I can speak to that directly from my experience in marketing, you know, um, as an artist and the team of artists that I work with, when we're working for a client, our, we have to necessarily uh, achieve their business goal. You know, they're trying to get more customers or uh, communicate an idea. Um, and with those burdens, we, we, we have to sacrifice the art of it not that it can't still be beautiful or whatever but that's a constant tension that's in play Mm. um and uh, i mean i think that's true even if you just went to a regular hollywood production i mean there are there's always budget constraints there's always something that you have to sacrifice but particularly i think when you when you put i I have a sense and I, i don't know any christian uh filmmaking directors that you know that that have made any of those films but you know, when you kind of put the burden on it, that this video has to be evangelical. It has to like communicate the gospel and save lives. It, 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 I feel like you end up shooting yourself in the foot because really people just need to hear the truth in the story. You don't have to sell it. You don't have to just, just tell a real story and let it, let it speak for itself. Mm. That's yeah. good. Um, I wanted to add one thing um, just because I think that the pragmatism and practicality of art can be um, or, or of the American Protestant church can be really seen in worship music. Mm. Um, there is a common refrain among perhaps non-Christians that listen to Christian music. Um, and that is that it's maybe repetitive, not very creative or just not good music. Um, 
I don't have a huge qualm with worship music being repetitive because I think it helps us to learn. Um, but I do think there is a very, um, I think there's a very big problem in that um, uh, we are kind of uh, worship artists often are designing worship music um, merely to be consumed, um, which mm-hmm. means it's, uh, you know, maybe a certain length. Uh, it follows this chorus bridge structure um, uh, it, um, any number of, any number of things, um, it, it almost starts to feel cookie cutter. Um, like you're just, you're just taking words out of a pot and jumbling them together. Um, and so, uh, I, I think, I think it's a quote from, uh, Nietzsche who says, um, they would have to sing better songs for me to believe in their creator. <laughs> um, and, well. and what that's really pointing to is that, um, kind of like we were talking about before that's that you know the art that we are designing and 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 the art that we are creating is is representative of our creator so mm. if all we're doing is just if, if we have a machine and we're and we're like okay we gotta we, we have to write a song it's got to be this long mm. so and so um you're not that that you're not starting your process out by like enjoying your creator and mm. and loving god you're starting it out from a different place and um and I think that the best songs come from these really, really deep emotional places, um, but maybe don't sound the same as all the other worship songs. That's good. It's it's very interesting that you say that because even with this business model of church, when I was looking into and doing research and studying church planting, they really did present. Oftentimes, there's a model for church planting that's very business oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, do it this way, do it function like this, and you know, then it'll lead to this, and try to almost tries to create cookie cutter um, molds of each other. You know, that's the most effective. That's 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 where our industry works in America, right? You just create cookie cutter molds so you can replicate faster. Yeah. And what I found interesting is what I love about you guys and your giftings that you've brought into Waypoint, and and what we're hoping to do a little bit more at Waypoint is not to as much be as cookie cutter and explore stuff like this, topics like this that says how do we not just be cookie cutter, but instead really asking the spirit to say, God, how do we use creativity? How do we connect on a real level and authentically, even if it doesn't lead to the, I don't know, the the world practical, even not in the world, but even the Christian cookie cutter results that we're necessarily looking for. What we want to do is we want to create something that's glorifying to you in our unique space, in our unique uh, pool of people. Mm. Grace, on that idea, Grace, do you feel like the church – is a place um, where creativity is asked to be um, is seen as a priority. A church is a place where creative arts is encouraged as a way to glorify God. Yeah, this is something I was talking about with Dylan um, in thinking about the church. You know, kind of following this business model, and he reminded me of a quote that he read in a book um, called "Called to Create," which um, I highly recommend. But he was saying how. You know, spirituality isn't a business transaction, and our relationship with God is not a boss and employee relationship. Um, so, in thinking about creativity in the role of the church, you know, th- again, it goes back to God is our Father, and He's created us to reflect Him, um, and so in that we should be creating. But how I see that kind of playing out in the church, I think um, there can be kind of two extremes that I've seen churches go to um, where there is a, a ton of emphasis placed on, you know, having the trendiest design, the best um, 
you know, set up on stage the most like cutting edge, beautiful performance. Um, and then there's the other extreme where um, churches can kind of pride themselves on being like the least uh, well designed as possible. Um, and I think there's definitely a balance that needs to be found in there because the church's role is, you know, to be the hands and feet of Christ. So yes, it looks like practical ministry and using your resources um, to be out serving in the community, but I don't think that should neglect um, opportunities for um, the church body to be creative and encouraging church members to be using their gifts. Um, And so, yeah, I'd be curious, Nathan's, um, what your thoughts on that are as well and how, I don't know how, if you've seen that kind of like two sides of the coin, if you've seen that in your church experience Mm -hmm. and what you think is kind of like the, the sweet spot in between those two. Great question. Um, Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was going to let give other Nathan a chance to talk. Uh, I was (laughs) going to say, you've probably been to more churches than I have. Um, You've been to churches all over the world, but uh yeah, so I have struggled with this um, personally as a worship leader in many different settings. Um, I have swung very hard in both directions. <laughs> um, so <laughs> in high school, I, I I went extremely hard in the um, let's strip creativity, let's strip mm. beauty from worship. Um, I think part of it was just um, like asceticism, like I, mm. I really wanted to, um, I felt that f- the way to focus on God was to deprive myself. Um, specifically, um, we had these like extremely talented musicians um, at our church, um, some of whom are signed in, in Nashville right now, and um, or one of whom I should say. Um, and, and I remember thinking to myself, very, very selfishly and pridefully, I, I think I would just hear this person sing and I think maybe it was just like jealousness or something else. But basically I had a hard time focusing and I felt like (laughs) if the music is so good, then I can't actually worship. I'm just thinking, wow, this person's awesome. Now there are some like clear ways that that can be bad. You know, if, um, if the number one goal of your worship is to glorify a person, um, you can, that, that can happen. That can be the case. Um, I, uh, I led worship at, uh, the summit church for a long time, which, uh, I'm not, I'm not here to disparage, uh, before, uh, anyone gets scared about what I'm about to say. Um, uh, it was an amazing time and experience. Um, and, and I think I really, I had a hard time at the beginning because the production quality was so high. I think that I was, I was afraid of, me just doing things for me. Um, and also that the congregation would not be worshiping. They'd just be kind of listening. Um, and to be clear, both of those things certainly happened, right? Like Mm. I'm sure there were people in the congregation that were just like, wow, this sounds cool. Um, and that, that was the extent of their worship. And for myself, you know, playing guitar solos in front of a thousand people or whatever, uh, you know, uh, and I also was single at the time and really wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> I, you know, th- there, there was this sense of like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe of guilt on one hand, but also um, just kind of like really desiring to, to push, to push the envelope. Um, all that to say, um, I think that, 
I think it's too easy for those of us in the Western church, especially those of us that um, grew up um, hearing or like responding to like reformed theology um, uh, or, or, or maybe just, just like less exciting church. That, that, that's probably the best way to put it. Um, um, which is me. I'm describing myself. Um, I think that there's a tendency to um, throw away um, the fact that God is using people. Um, God desires to use people and he desires to use people to glorify his name. Um, he talks about uh, in the Psalms, it talks about singing beautifully, you know, um, you know, the instant, the, what, what you want to give to God, you want to give him something very good. Um, it's not a legalism thing. It's not like if you sing a wrong note, God's going to condemn you. But at the same time, it's like, let's make something really beautiful. Um, and that can be like the salt and light that can guide people. Um, and that can show people, you know, what God is really like. Um, and at the same time, it can also really help you um, worship better. Right. Um, I think a lot of people talk about, you know, just being able to worship better when, when you can just, um, you can just close your eyes and listen sometimes. Mm. I would love to say, yeah, I mean, uh, so many things, so many factors play into being able to worship. If we're just talking about the music on Sunday. Um, and I think for my own, for my own experience, you know, I have a responsibility as a worshiper to not just show up and consume the music, but to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that requires me to, you know, take care of myself, not just spiritually, but physically and mentally. You know, when 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 I've been exercising regularly, I can worship better. It's just everything is so interconnected in our lives that, um, you know, so I, I think that that's a big responsibility as a congregant I have and I don't always do well at to, sh- to not just slide in the door and grab my coffee and then start consuming, but to really, to put it back out there. And I, I remember when I, it's really easy to see when you go to a different culture. My wife and I spent a year living in South Africa and we worshiped uh, every Sunday with um, a township church that had a tin roof. It was hot, sat on plastic chairs and our butts got sweaty and it was, <laughs> it was amazing. And I just remember thinking and reflecting back like, man, everybody in this building is putting their hearts out. Mm. Nobody is sitting there consuming. And the, the musicians actually, it's interesting because it's a, it's a vocal dominant culture, it's not uh, guitar or drums or anything like that. So the, the vocalists will just start and they start in whatever key they want. <laughs> and the rest of the band has to figure it out. And it, sometimes it takes a while and it doesn't Ooh. sound great, but it doesn't Ouch. matter. It doesn't matter at all because everybody in the church already, they know the song. Talk about repetitive. These songs were super repetitive, mm-hmm. which was awesome for us because we didn't know any of them. But by the end of, you know, two minutes into a song that you were repeating over and over, we knew it, even if we didn't know what the words meant. Um, so that to me, that is just evidence that it's more about the people showing up ready to worship mm-hmm. than about the aesthetics and all of that. I think all of that is important in, you know, sliding scale, whatever, but yeah. That's good. You know, when I think about that kind of tension, um, I love it because I love the tension. The people Mm. at Waypoint, you guys have heard me say this a bazillion times. I love living in the tension 
Mm-hmm. You know, people hate it. Some people are like, God, make it clear cut. Do you want us to be excellent in music or simple in music? Do you want to know? I'm like, no, no, no. God, very intentional. He gave us his spirit. He doesn't tell us what to do because he wants us to be led by the spirit. And each context might be different. You know, like you're saying in Africa, in South Africa, Nathan, Nate, that you were there, like, it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, like, it didn't matter the quality of the music. But maybe here, God wants, we are, he's given us and blessed us and poured out such incredible musicians. He wants us to give our best. You know, mm-hmm. at the same time, God's also moved at the church at Waypoint here to say we're also a very practical church about practical ministry. Um, so we're not going to spend all this money. One of the funny things that Nathan and I talk about often is how much money to spend on different, you know, to make something better. You know, is this X amount of money worth this amount of better? And then we kind of live in that tension as we pray about it, ask the Spirit mm-hmm. to lead us. Those are one of the tension points that we have, and I think it's a beautiful place to be in. I think what's awesome is that God has called us to give our arts. Um, he's, he's blessed. It's like in the building of the, uh, of the ark. God's called amazing uh, artists to come together to build this beautiful ark. You know, he's called incredible musicians to lead the armies in Israel. So he's called people. But if you didn't have that, if you were at another place in time, like he's called whoever he's called. And so, like, I thought I started thinking about what some of the uh, awesome worship moments I've had in my life. And some of my best friends in college, we'd be in our apartment. My friends would lead worship, and they were terrible guitar players, and they were not good singers. But it was just powerful worship, you know. But at the same time, I think what God's called us to be, and as we're faithful, glorifying Him, is giving what we have. Is what we have. People like Nathan and people like Grace and people like Nate who are artists that He's blessed and poured into. Then He says, "Hey, I love you so much. I want to use your best and let it glorify Me." So, like at Waypoint, when we live in that tension, I think is what's beautiful. Awesome. So yeah. here's my question then to you guys: Is how what can we do? How can we encourage um, to more art and artistic expression in the life of the church? I think I'll speak, and I, th- I think this is a pretty short comment. For me, there's a great fear, and, and I'm speaking for myself, but I also I think I, I see it elsewhere. There's a fear of, of being wrong. Mm. And I think you have to get past that to make art. You have to be able to, to willing to fail, to do something that isn't right or isn't theologically 100% checked out. Like you have to be willing to make some mistakes and have the, a space to do that. And, that. and instead of having people jump all over you when you try something, because then mm-hmm. it's just like, well, that's going to never mind. I'll. You know, you're being vulnerable when you create art, basically, and you need to create a space that allows that that vulnerability. Actually, I love that you say that because uh, there's a sociologist, Mark Chavez. He actually works at Duke Divinity School. Mm. He pointed out that congregation is one of the most important venues in which Americans experience art or participate in his production in all of America, which is just crazy. Is that um, is that um. More than sixty percent of American adults hear live music in uh, in the worship service versus thirty nine percent anywhere else. Mm. So it's very interesting how art historically has been um, in the church, and that's been the avenue for for people to experience and try and grow in art historically. Mm. Mm. I think something just to add to that would be like in thinking about how we can encourage you know creativity and art in the congregation. I think. For myself, something that was very helpful. Um, a few years ago, I was going 
through a time of just burnout from teaching and ministry and just so many, just the normal demands um, of life. And um, in talking with my mentor, Deb, through conversations with her, she encouraged me and kind of gave me permission to be like, all right, you need to set a day on your calendar that is intentional time for art. And at first my you know reaction was like, oh no, that's that's selfish or like that's not building the kingdom. There's so many other important things I can be doing out with people um, you know, who need me and need um, my help. But that was huge for me, I think, just to be given that permission of no, like dedicate these hours and this time to something that is going to fill you back up mm-hmm. so that when you are going back out into these other more, you know, demanding aspects of life, you are recharged and filled up. So I don't know, for some people, it might be just having the permission, um, you know, obviously like taking this, you know, not going crazy and be like, well, I'm going to neglect my responsibilities and (laughs) just make some art. Um, But I think just encouraging people that it is okay to take that time to dig into creative gifts that God has given you. That's good. And it glorifies God. I think people mistake that sometimes. I've, I've heard people say stuff like, you know, um, uh, art is not as important as sharing the gospel or art's not as important as doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, you know, if God's called you to be a singer, you need to sing. If God's called you to be an artist, you need to, you need to perform or you need to do your art. You know, I, uh, Danny and I were talking about, Pastor Danny and I were talking about it. C.S. Lewis, after he became a Christian, he could have spent most of his life out there just sharing the gospel with a few people here and there and doing a lot of um, mercy ministries that we kind of esteem sometimes. And don't get me wrong, that, that would have been great if that's what God called him to do. But instead, God gave him an incredible gift to write. And so that's what he did. He wrote. And it radically affected and advanced the kingdom in so many ways. So we don't know what your art or whatever that thing God called you to do will do and accomplish. We just need to know that we need to be faithful. And it's not an excuse, like Grace was saying, to do nothing but whatever that art is. But we trust the Holy Spirit to guide us in the tension. Yeah, it's good. I would say, too, I mean, to to the, the comment about, like, it's better to share the gospel than to make art or whatever, you know, kind of general comment. I think we have to remember, like, what is what what did God save us for? You know, like, what's what's our purpose in life? To, to glorify him, to mm-hmm. enjoy him, to be in fellowship. And right. God is a creator. And so um, if we're going to be a, a, to steal one of your lines, Lawrence, if we're going to be a, a preview of the coming attraction, yes. well, it's got to be beautiful. It's got to be awesome. You That's know, right. it can't just be a bunch of business types that are trying mm. to get people in the theater, you know. Mm. That's yep. good. That's a good yeah, word. If you're, I mean. <laughs> if you're getting people in the theater, but, you know, what? They're not going to want to stick around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, uh, there's no production. What, what are we doing this theater here? <laughs> and I good. think, too, I think I think art has an opportunity, too, when, when we've talked about when people, when you see someone struggling with something uh, in their music or in their any kind of art, it, it, it breaks down the wall that I think is there. Uh, it might not, it might be more of a perceived wall, this idea that, oh, Christians have their stuff together and, you know, I can't go there because I'm, I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you when you can relate to someone and oh wow they're they're struggling you know that I have that same struggle or I have that same fear I feel that same way then it's it makes us human which wow. obviously we are. 
That's that's beautiful because I mean it's so incredible about art makes it connects us to humanity. It connects us to God. It resembles the Father, but also resembles the kingdom. It's a coming attraction. It's what makes like like our Father does. It makes things beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredible. This ability of what art has. It's like, what a good gift that God has given us. That He's given us a gift of art. I want to ask you guys, what has been some art that moved you? What has been that art has that has shaped you and helped you understand maybe God better? What has been that art, some of that art for you? I've got something, but I'll let, unless y'all want me to go first, I'm happy to, but. <laughs> go for it. I, I really, speaking of uh, the genre of television and movies, I've really enjoyed the Chosen series. Mm. That's um, gonna be my answer. Ah, oh, stole it. See, I'm glad I went first. <laughs> it was good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, man, they just—I feel like they just really do a good job of just telling the stories according to the gospels, and they add a lot of details that are obviously extra biblical, but in line with with what you can imagine um, things might have been like. And it, the context just comes alive, and uh, yeah, it's it's really well done. It's awesome. I was thinking, Nathan, I like your recent example. I was thinking more to like childhood. Um, mm. But we, my sisters um, were very artistic. And so that led to me as a younger sibling being um, dragged to art museums a lot as a kid, um, which actually was a great experience um, because we would go to the National Gallery in DC often. And I think it was there. Um, just seeing these like beautiful, famous paintings, like in person up close, that was really inspiring to me. Mm. And there's um, one painting in particular that I'm thinking of. It's the last supper um, by artist Salvador Dali, Mm. which if you look it up, it's actually kind of weird. It's like a modern take on the classical last supper painting. And Salvador Dali is kind of a weird guy. (laughs) Um, But just seeing that like depiction of Christ so big in person um, was super mm. inspiring to me mm. um, along with other famous works um, by Frida Kahlo and just the use of light and color um, has been really inspiring. So I'm thankful that um, because of my sisters, I ended up going to art museum so much. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, um, I didn't have a great example off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to call out an artist or two that, you guys have probably all heard before or heard me talk about. So maybe this will be new to someone listening to this. Um, (laughs) But there is a worship group out of um, Raleigh called Mission House, um, which is uh, Taylor Linhart. So the song Behold is on there. There's a bunch of awesome ones. Uh, Jess Ray is the other part of that collective. Um, They are releasing singles like pretty regularly right now. Uh, and they just released an album as well. Um, and they've sung with, uh, Sarah McMillan and from, uh, who's John Mark McMillan's wife and, uh, Leslie Jordan from all sons and daughters. Um, and yeah, the stuff they're putting out is just extremely raw, extremely honest, just really awesome. And then their own personal stuff from Taylor Linhart and Jess Ray as well. Um, it's just great. If, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I definitely would. Um, also, um, anything by, um, Urbana, InterVarsity Urbana, uh, they recently released an album, 
um, of music from all kinds of cultures. And it's a crazy mishmash of um, uh, basically different genres of music and different cultures um, and different languages. Um, I don't remember the name of their most recent album, but uh, they're the ones who sing uh, Weep No More. Um, So we got that from them. That's like a brand new song. Awesome. For me, I would say all the storytellers, the J.R. Tolkien's, the mm-hmm. all the f- science, fantasy, sci-fi stories of old that I've grew up my whole life reading that have shaped me, the C.S. Lewis's that, that have made me dream big of of um, the epic adventure, the quest, and then made me relate to God that way, to see my Jesus as a hero, the redeemer, the savior. Um, those that that art has always moved me. You know, I love that's why I love those epic movies and those epic stories. So that art has always moved me um, to see the grand mission of God. You know, there's a big picture of the kingdom. It's always helped me with that. I have I have another example because you mentioned those things. Mm-hmm. If you guys have not yet watched Avatar: The Last Airbender, the TV mm-hmm. show, not the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um the tv show it's on netflix now and it's, it's a three seasons it's a cartoon it's very childish especially the first season but like any good tv show just wait till the second season <laughs> it's awesome it is an incredible story um and i'm really kicking myself that i didn't say this earlier because more than almost any tv show i've ever seen and mm. certainly from any tv show that isn't explicitly created by christians it has like some just incredible wisdom and incredible mor- morals, especially from the character uh, Iro or is it Iro? Mm. Crap, wow, I don't remember. This is like the biggest um, endorsement I've ever seen for a TV show. I love it. Wow. It's it, hilarious. It, I, I, I want to show it to my kids. My, well, I only have one. Sorry, but um, are you announcing something, uh, Nathan? No. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Not yet. Um, so yes, Avatar: The Last Airbender is like. It is so, it's such a good way. It's so exciting, so interesting. But like the lessons they tell, it's not just like, here's the moral of the story. It's like, oh my goodness, this changed his life forever in this deep way. And now this character develops. And it's like this huge epic battle. Anyways, watch it on Netflix. I, I think I will actually. That's such a passionate endorsement. I will actually watch uh-huh. it. All right, last question. What advice would you say to somebody who is a, let's say, a budding artist in some way? You know, whether it's, you know, artistically through painting, sculpting, music, storytelling, um, you know, whatever it may be, visual arts or whatever. Um, what advice would you give them to help nurture them and encourage them in their exploring of their artistic gifts and then also incorporating that in their, in their, in their, their walk? Mm. Um, I would say kind of like Grace was mentioning before, or maybe it was Nathan, maybe both of them, but not being afraid to fail is huge. Um, I think the difference between an artist, like a, a talented musician, for example, and someone who maybe is good at their instrument but has never written a song, is that the talented artist patiently writes 10 bad songs and then writes one good song. And then they're like, here's it. And then that's what they produce. Whereas, you know, when you're first starting, maybe you just write one and it's like, nobody liked this. Why didn't they like it? And then you do that again, you do it again, you feel discouraged. Well, it's like the best of the best. They do the same thing. They just are more patient. They, they understand their failures. And so, yeah, like even when you're like learning an instrument, I think that that's a really um, valuable way of doing it. And, and yeah, just, just to absolutely be patient. Um, uh, 
uh, God created the universe in six days, but then he rested after, you know, you are nowhere near God's level and you're, um, you, you need a lot more practice, a lot more, um, of this and that, but, you know, follow, um, God's example who took, he took his time, um, and, and, and be patient with yourself. That's good. Kind of going with that, Nathan, what you said, um, my advice would be, I guess, use social media wisely or take what you see with a grain of salt because, um, you know, it's easy to go on and see artists who have been perfecting their craft for years and they're posting their best stuff. Um, so seeing that can be very discouraging for someone who is just starting out. Um, so yeah, like Nathan said, be patient, try not to compare yourself with other artists if possible. That's I'm saying that to myself as well. Um, but yeah, that's good. The thing I would say, which is not the fun thing to say, but it's, a, it's just, you got to do it every day. You got, mm. it's, it's a discipline. Um, just like if you want to be good at sports or you want to be good at whatever, you need to just train your brain and just do it over and over again. Um, and part of that is going through failure and, um, you know, realizing and that, but that's okay. That's just part of the process. So, mm. um, as Grace mentioned earlier, finding a time regularly to sit down and do it, to create the space and just do it. It's great. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be bad. Just let it be what it is, but just keep moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for your time today. Thank you for your artistic gifts and your talent. Thank you that you brought that to Waypoint and may you continue to grow our church in its artistic expression and the way we make beautiful things in this world so that the other people can see the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. So thank you guys so much. Um, just really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you. Thank you.